Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not That, Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about the January 6th tapes. As many of you know, over the last couple of days, finally, we've had some transparency out of Washington. Kevin McCarthy, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, ended up handing over 40,000 hours of tapes to Tucker Carlson. A few people, including his producers, had the opportunity to review that. And today we're going to be talking to somebody who's, I think, maybe the best investigative journalist in the country now, certainly one of the best couple, Miranda Devine, who, if you look, I'm reading the New York Post right now, right on the cover, Miranda Devine, who was the first guest that Tucker Carlson had on on Monday night, was Miranda Devine. She has been all over this. I'm very curious to get her perspective, and I think that we finally deserve some transparency out of Washington, D.C. It's good to see that finally we will. This was one of the big benefits of winning the House. The truth is Nancy Pelosi never wanted this to come out. Chuck Schumer never wanted to come out. What's amazing to me and I look forward to asking Miranda about this, is how much the media has been against the transparency on this. It should be the opposite way around. Sadly, I think you have a media that is controlled or in lockstep, let's say, with the Democratic Party in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to touch on this and all that much more with Miranda here coming up shortly. And on the line, we have what I think is the best investigative journalist reporter in the country now, Miranda Devine. Miranda, thank you so much for taking a few minutes of your time out for us today. I really appreciate it. Great pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So, Miranda, obviously, as we know, you are gracing the New York Post today. You are the author of A Laptop from Hell, which before we get into this, I I got a little funny story I want to tell you. You know, the first book party that I went to after my daughter Grace was born was your book party, The That's Laptop right. from Hell, right? So yeah. I remember as a kid, my father always going to stuff and getting something signed to Andrew, to Andrew. So I picked up the book <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm going to get this signed to Grace. And I looked at the front cover and I said, you know, this just can't be Grace's first book <laughs> because of the picture of Hunter on it there. Yes. yes. But, good father. I think it was good thinking. <laughs> but truly, really an, an incredible book and an incredible. But I, I want to dig into what you're getting so many questions about today, which is the front page of the New York Post, your interview on Tucker Carlson, and specifically what I'm talking about are, are the January 6th tapes. You know, as I look at this, and specifically as I look at the post right now, says toward the farce. That's the front cover. What do you take from all this very top line in terms of the 40,000 hours of footage that we're just starting to really get a look at now? Well, I think good on Kevin McCarthy for giving this footage out and starting with Tucker Carlson and good on Tucker Carlson and his team for just in day one, their show last night, demolishing the two plus years of lies that the Democrats have told 
about January 6th. It wasn't a deadly insurrection. It wasn't the worst attack on democracy since the Civil War, as Joe Biden says. It wasn't a terrorist attack. No one has been charged with insurrection. The FBI, despite this is the biggest investigation in their history, they have not charged anyone with insurrection. They have not found any evidence of any coordinated attempt to overturn the presidential election. So all of that is wicked hyperbole from the Democrats. But, you know, you can see from Chuck Schumer and all the others, Jamie Raskin and and Adam Schiff and the rest of the Democrats just hyperventilating, absolutely panicking and carrying on, freaking out. Chuck Schumer going to the floor of the Senate today to basically talk about saying that Tucker Carlson is a liar. (laughs) You know, she was on the other foot. He said that Tucker Carlson was perverting and sliming the truth. And he said that Tucker Carlson's show is devastating for our democracy. What a joke. It just shows how desperate they are for the truth not to come out. Why is it so wrong for the American people to see the other side? of a very one-sided story that's been told for the last two-plus years. And I I think it's really disappointing for the Republicans that Mitch McConnell, their Senate leader, has come out today basically backing the Democrats. And I think that's shameful. And the only reason I can think that he would give a gift to his supposed political opponents is that he's trying to now hide his own role on January 6th when he was, I guess he must have been in cahoots with Nancy Pelosi, who refused to give Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund the National Guard backup that he had been begging for for days. And on January 6th itself, he was begging. I mean, he was absolutely frantic and he was denied and then his request was delayed. It went via the sergeant at arms for the House and the Senate. Previously, I had thought, well, McConnell, you know, his sergeant-at-arms was deferring to the House sergeant-at-arms because Nancy Pelosi sort of ran the show and McConnell wasn't actively, you know, trying to prevent the Capitol Police from protecting the Capitol. But now, with his inexplicable behaviour today, I wonder, I wonder just how much he knew about Nancy Pelosi's plan to leave the Capitol unprotected so that Uh, A really bad PR happened for Donald Trump that day. I mean, it's been devastating for Trump and Trump supporters, Mm -hmm. the images that have come out of January 6th. Yeah, you know, I can ultimately understand, as much as I disagree with it, why Schumer or Pelosi would push against this stuff and try to paint Carlson this way. But the fact that McConnell is doing that, and, and also the fact that there's so little transparency from so much of the press, I find to be absolutely amazing. I mean, are they just basically in lockstep with the Democratic Party on this? Is that why they're not pushing for transparency? Yeah, the Democratic Party, or as Tucker Carlson calls them, the Uniparty, which Mm -hmm. includes McConnell, clearly, and some of his buddies. That's what it certainly looks like. I mean, the New York Times rushed to print with the lie that Officer Brian Sicknick was killed by murderous Trump supporters brandishing fire extinguishers. And the footage that Tucker Carlson showed last night, um, he was wearing a helmet, so that's pretty implausible. And he was also walking around perfectly healthy after the violence that he was supposedly caught up in. And we know anyway from the forensic, the autopsy into his death, 
the following day that it was a stroke. Nothing to do with to do with January 6th. And the New York Times did retract that story about the fire extinguisher, but it took more than a month. And, you know, of course, by that stage, you know, a lie has gone halfway around the world before the truth has got its pants on, is the, <laughs> the old saying. So it's very hard to to restore a narrative that, that has then been solidified in the minds of Americans. They have made up their mind. It's the democratic narrative has taken hold. And, you know, the sad thing is for America, and this is what I find reprehensible about President Biden, is that he's the president of the United States and he has assisted a lie that is so damaging to this country be perpetrated around the world. And I know from friends that I have overseas that they look on January 6th as a real stain on American democracy, as a real sign that there's something very unhealthy in this country. And that's because the stories that they were told came straight from the democratic narrative. And it's now, more than two years later, that conservatives, that Republicans have an opportunity to set the record straight and to, to put out the other side of the story so that Americans can make up their own minds. I think it's too late for the rest of the world. That narrative about American, you know, what do they call it? You know, a deadly insurgency, a deadly insurrection. That's going to be nigh on impossible to overturn in the eyes of our allies. That's amazing. I mean, it's just, it is amazing. And, and you know, I, I know that Tucker covered this last night where he showed that Biden calling January 6th a product of white supremacy time and time again. <laughs> Kamala comparing it to September 11th, obviously, with all of our New York listeners here. I can't imagine the furor that people must have been feeling just seeing yeah. that. But, you know, you focus so much in the New York Post today, specifically on one individual that's unfortunately seen the brunt of all of these lies to him, Jacob Chancellor. And, and, you know, looking at the video last night of him being escorted around and thinking about the lies that were told that the Capitol Police didn't have the opportunity, they were outnumbered by him. Looking at his case now, even though he's been he's been convicted and is serving nearly four years in prison, do you think his lawyer can win an appeal hearing that they might have potential exculpatory evidence that they didn't get the opportunity to view until maybe last night? Well, they ought to. I mean, unfortunately, he's been in jail now for two two plus years. And, you know, so he's not going to get that time back. I don't understand why his lawyers didn't have access to that footage at the beginning. You know, you would think that footage would have any reasonable judge seeing that footage would have thrown the case out. And, you know, Jacob Chansley, I think Tucker played this jailhouse interview from him last night. Uh, he says, his biggest regret is believing that because he was being escorted around the Capitol building by police officers and they even took him to the door of the Senate chamber and helped him open the door and go in where he then gave a prayer of thanks to the police officers who had helped them get into the building. He, he said his regret is that he thought that, that because they were helping him that that meant that his there was okay, that he was allowed to be there. And he realizes that actually that's not the case. But I mean, if he was committing a crime, why didn't those police arrest him or at least stop him or, or even just tell him to go, leave the building? He, he was very peaceable. He was very calm. He was walking slowly. This is not a man who I think would have resisted 
any direction to leave the building. It's like the other people that you can see in the footage that we've not seen before that Tucker Carlson showed us last night. They're, you know, queuing in an orderly fashion. There are many hundreds of them inside the Capitol. They're walking past police officers who are doing nothing to stop them. They're taking photographs. In one section, there's a man bends over to pick up something that's on the ground. He's tidying up. I mean, these are, they look like tourists and they do not look like insurrectionists. They are not insurrectionists. And it's just such a defamation of them to call them that and to frighten them. And these people are not rich. You know, they've they've had SWAT, FBI SWAT teams break down their front doors. They don't have a lot of money. They can't afford, you know, expensive legal representation. Their reputations are destroyed. I know a man from the Upper West Side of New York who was a sort of a community organiser or community block captain, a very community-minded person who helped his neighbours out. He had gone to the Capitol. He'd never went inside the building. He was, when the riot was going on, he was in a hotel up the road. Mm -hmm. He just went to the speech. And then after the riot was over, he wandered on down and had a look. He never went inside the building. Suddenly he gets the FBI a few months later, breaking down his door on the Upper West Side. His neighbours, of course, who were Democrats, they, they now give him the cold shoulder. Yeah. His reputation is ruined. He had a stroke. He had a couple oh. of strokes after this from the stress. All his devices were seized from him for over a year. And you understand that, Andrew, because this is what happened to your father. Rudy Absolutely. Giuliani had his devices seized. He was raided by the FBI. No charges brought. Everything dropped a year late, but the damage is done. The cost of the legal representation, the yeah. cost to your reputation, it's really vile. The process is the punishment. That's exactly right. I mean, you could see that that's, you nailed it. The process is the punishment on this. But, you know, I, I want to ask about you in particular on this because you really are at the top of your profession on this right now. But I can't imagine over the last 26 months how many times you've tried to go and dig deeper into January 6th and I'd imagine how many dead ends that you ran into because there were people that just did not want to have this information out there I mean did you run into some dead ends in trying to get the truth out there on this well dead ends but also a closed mindset Mm -hmm. from so many people who have bought the Democrat lie, and it's an open and shut case for them. And this is including Republicans, including conservatives, who just say, this is really messy. We don't want to talk about it. We want to just hide it, push it away, and move on. Unfortunately, that's not an option because the Democrats have weaponized it. They used it. It was all they had to run on for the midterm elections. I think that the January 6th committee and that very sophisticated sort of show that they put on. I think that did have an influence with voters. They managed to, Joe Biden, we all mocked him when he did that blood red speech and he talked about semi-fascist, you know, MAGA, ultra MAGA. You know, that just seemed so ridiculous, preposterous and unpresidential and divisive. And yet it was effective politically because I think it managed to blunt the red wave that should have come. The Democrats successfully demonised anybody of a conservative bent on the Republican side and scared off voters. And I hear that from our readers. I hear that from friends. Unfortunately, I think that Republicans have to confront 
this narrative. And I think what McCarthy is doing and what Tucker did last night and he will do again tonight is just the beginning of that process. You know, do these tapes open up a new door for you to or many new doors for you to potentially explore? I mean, one which was kind of touched on last night, but with no conclusion, which I think hopefully there could at least be some answers to the American payers is Ray Epps and his role in all this. Are there some new doors open for you or, or even some fellow investigative journalists to really dig through deeper into this? Look, to be honest, I haven't looked into that Ray Epps stuff much. I know that you know, unless you have, I mean, talking to Tucker Carlson's team, unless you've got face recognition technology, unless you have a database of people who are, you know, FBI informants or FBI operatives, it's very difficult to tell, you know, who's who in the zoo, I guess. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence around Ray Epps. He's the most obvious of the sort of, you know, so-called feds. Mm -hmm. He was so obvious when he was stirring up the crowd and inspiring them to go and attack the Capitol that people around him started chanting, fed, fed, fed. He was so obvious. And then he was, of course, front and centre in the FBI's most wanted from January 6th and then disappeared from there. He's never been brought to account. You would think that somebody... I mean, he's probably the most obvious instigator of of crowd violence from that day. And yet he's, and his face is visible. We know who he is. And yet the FBI has left him alone. And hilariously and so blatantly, flagrantly, obviously, the Democrats have stuck up for him and, and people like Crybaby Kinzinger. So we know what side they're on. And we know that obviously Ray Epps is a useful idiot for them. Yeah. You know, I was so critical of the January 6th committee. And, and you know, once McCarthy couldn't appoint he, who he wanted to appoint on there as any minority leader should have the opportunity to. But does this give you even a, a more critical opinion? How do you even how do you look back now at the January 6th committee, having looked at these tapes in, in the rearview mirror? Well, it's. You know, we we knew they were dishonest, but I guess it's gratifying to have the confirmation from the footage that's being released to see just how dishonestly they framed the story. I mean, you know, we knew anyway that they were talking about five police officers dying on January 6th when not one police officer died that day. At, you know, Brian Sicknick died of a stroke, unrelated, the next day. Other police officers in, in subsequent weeks committed suicide. Now. You know, you don't want to invade the privacy of the family of the tragedies, but no one knows why anyone commits suicide. But, you know, if they're going to start co-opting the memories of those police officers, Brian Sicknick being a Trump supporter, by the way, so it's an added insult. If they're going to start doing that and twisting families' emotions to go along with them, then I think maybe we need to open that can of worms. Why did those, who were those officers and why did they commit suicide? Was it because they were had under inordinate pressure from Pelosi and the Democrats to go along with the lie? This was a huge and foul lie in so many ways and it was defamatory to the American public. It was defamatory to this country. It was, I think, in the recent history of all the lies they've told, this is probably the most rancid. 
Well, Miranda, you are one of the most requested people in the world right now, and and I am really, really thankful that you took some time out to really highlight this, and and I mean it. I, I really think that you are at the top of your profession now, and I would urge anybody that has the opportunity on a very different subject, which I'd love to have you back on, but to make sure you go out there and get the laptop from hell. If you haven't got already, make sure you get it for uh, a friend to read it because it really does lay down ultimately one of the big interferences that we saw in the 2020 election. Thanks so much, Andrew. It's great to talk to you. Thanks, Miranda. I appreciate it. And thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Not That Andrew. We'll see you next week.